0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to Asia Town Voice. Asia Town Voice is an hour-long nonprofit program on WJCU's 88.7 FM radio. We are here every Sunday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. and this hour-long program provides an inside look at the Asian Pacific Americans community and their culture, education, and events they have going on in Northeast Ohio. Asiatown Voice is volunteer-based, and we hope that you, the listener, will enjoy our program and give your support to WJCU. This way, we can continue to provide many voices with many choices to you. Once again, uh, my name is Yin Tang. I'm here with Alex Alarcon.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: And this gentleman whose name I've forgotten yet again.
1: Matthew Richards.
0: I'm terribly sorry. Um, Actually, uh, a quick story. The first time I met Matt was um, the first Cleveland Asian Festival, or perhaps it was the second. It was one of the earlier ones, and obviously I have a poor memory. And I've seriously met... It was the second one. It was the second one, and I met this man three times within a 20-minute period. And each time I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot your name, but I know I just saw you. And finally, I will... I will never, ever, ever forget his name because he's allowed to punch me if I, if I do. Not really. I but won't do that. That's he right. won't do it. But he's gonna drum
2: you.
1: Drum,
0: there you go. drum, I'll me. Drum, I'll drum you. To, you know. So, um, Matt, uh, speaking of drumming, as Alex brought up, uh, you are a taiko drummer. Yes. Um, I'm just gonna let you roll and tell us about it. How you got started with wow. it? Uh is this? know I, I will have questions. I will undoubtedly interrupt you. Uh,
1: that's fine. That's fine. I'll just <laughs> I'll just babble on until somebody you know mm-hmm. says shut up. Um, all right. I lived in Japan for 18 years. Wow. Do you want me to go on about how that got started or just go right into what I was doing over there? I yeah. mean,
2: yeah, I'd like to know briefly how you uh, landed in those
1: shores. and I was like, Briefly. Was it briefly, because of uh, drumming? No, actually, it wasn't. Okay, so um, let,
0: let's take the drumming and talk about that later, and let's okay. let's let's start from the okay. basics. All right. Eighteen years ago,
1: it was it was a long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, <laughs> far, no, far, no. far away. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what what happened was I went to college, mm-hmm. I went to Penn State, mm-hmm. and I started taking engineering. That was my major at first, electrical engineering.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I started studying that. I mean, I was I loved math, I was really good at it, um, but I started to realize it wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that makes any sense? Yes. I, I needed something else, and I've always had an interest in Asia. I mean, I had a Vietnamese girlfriend when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Loved the food her mom's cooking was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the pho, right?
3: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just, yeah <laughs> I it's,
0: love pho. It
1: was good stuff. It was good mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, so what happened was I decided to change my major, and mm-hmm. I wanted to start studying a foreign language. I okay. had Spanish when I was in junior high school. I had four years of that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, I already took it, so I don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Well, I already, you know. There's a there's French there's German there's Russian. I don't know but I looked at Penn State's list of foreign available foreign languages and Japanese stuck out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: My grandparents and my dad lived in Japan. Oh. In the fifties, my grandfather worked over there for six years. My dad was with him when he was young.
0: What did they do? Um,
1: he was an engineer.
0: Engineer. He okay. He was an
1: engineer, so he was brought over as an expat, and he mm. taught engineering over there and everything. Did so you? I grew up with all these stories. Okay. But. It was never in my head, I'm going to go to Japan because yeah. my grandparents taught me all about Japan. It, it, it wasn't there, but somewhere maybe in the back of my head it was. Mm-hmm. So I picked Japanese, started studying Japanese, was really into it. I mean, mm-hmm. I walked around. I, you know, I blew off all my other classes and just walked around <laughs> campus babbling in what little Japanese I could, could speak. So I decided that since there's an exchange program with a place in Japan
4: mm-hmm.
1: through Penn State, I went on that program.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Spent a year abroad. Had a great time.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Came back, finished up uh, at Penn State, graduated, and went back on what's called Jet Program,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Japan ex- Exchange uh, Japan Exchange and Teaching Program, mm-hmm. and it was through that that I mean I got back over, and that's that's was seventeen years straight. Wow! I taught English for two years in that program, and then in a junior high school, which mm-hmm. was great, but I realized I don't like teaching English. <laughs> Where in Japan or
2: you? Did you stay?
1: I was, um, was in the Kansai area Well, Kansai area is, is is fairly um, large Osaka Prefecture is where okay. I first taught um, No, that's where I went to school And then I went back into Shiga Prefecture Which mm-hmm. is near Kyoto the, okay. That's okay. The, the historical capital yeah, of know, yeah. Japan And it was just north of there That's where I taught for two years And then I moved to like Just a little bit east, same prefecture A little bit east of Kyoto mm-hmm. To a place called Yasu And I was there for 15 years
3: Wow, I was a
1: coordinator there exchange we had an exchange program with a place in Michigan so we took people back and forth and all that kind of cultural stuff that I was involved in and it was there we get back to the drums
3: mm-hmm.
1: when we had this sister city set up we wanted to take people back and forth but we didn't want to just take them back to take a group to America have them stay with families which is important
4: mm-hmm.
1: and we didn't want to do the touristy thing we wanted to be have to be more meaning to the program we wanted to introduce culture and all the and, and have a purpose to each group that went not just have these 10 or 20 people go and just mm-hmm. hang out for 10 days
4: mm-hmm.
1: so one of the first groups that went from the japan side was a japanese drum group
4: hmm.
1: and there was a local one in yasu
4: mm-hmm.
1: and when we did this sort of yeah we'll go on this we'll, we'll we would we would like to go and share this with you know our sister city but you have to join the group
3: <laughs> and i was like well.
1: <laughs> I I I didn't have a problem with that because I had a professional group had come through Yasu a couple of years ago. I loved it.
3: Mm-hmm. And this
1: was a perfect chance. It's you know, it one of those things that like you want to do it, but you don't. Where do you get the opportunity? This was it. Wow. So I, that's when I joined the group. I didn't perform in the Sister City. I wasn't that good yet.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But when I left, that was in 96. When I left Japan in 2007, I was the leader of that group. Wow. I was the, the head honcho, the...
0: So, so the you'd...
1: last person that was willing to <laughs> take it over, Aww. but, but yeah, it was, it was great. So wow, so that's how say, it got started.
0: You started that's as like started. the understudy and then you became the yeah, leader of that. Very, very understudy, wow. like
1: really under, under, way under. <laughs> so,
0: so I mean, um, when you first started playing the drums with the famous group that you said came through, how, was it familiar? Was it something that came second nature to you or?
1: I didn't have any musical background. Uh huh. You know my, my musical background was pushing, play, fast forward, rewind. <laughs> that was that was the cassette it. Cassette tape. Yeah. I was <laughs> about to ask. you. Or the lifting question. the needle, dropping. Sorry, lifting the needle, dropping the needle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: That's true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was about to ask that question if you had a, any musical background before no. you took up drumming.
1: Nope, mm-hmm. nope. I um, one thing I regret was when I was in fourth grade. I started taking a violin. Okay. And the teacher was scariest. <laughs> and it just it just I don't know it turned me off. And I just I wish somebody had said no keep going with it right but i mean yeah was a bad happened. teacher it's, would
0: really do it
1: yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and he wasn't necessarily a bad teacher he was scary for a four-year-old oh, kid he was he was scary so Cle-
0: was that in cleveland or are you no from no, no
1: i'm not originally from cleveland i'm okay. originally from lancaster pennsylvania oh okay i'm not amish <laughs> oh
0: that's true <laughs> that's what that lancaster is does. yeah yeah that's one of okay, the biggest, big that. communities <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um, i wasn't even thinking that but
1: well some a lot of people but... Lancaster, well, Pennsylvania? Yeah,
0: okay. but why Cleveland? What brought
4: you to Cleveland finally? Um,
1: when I lived in Yasu, a number of different non-Japanese people would come through,
4: mm-hmm. either
1: to teach English or for whatever reason. Not a lot.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: but And, of course, we had, a, we had a friendship organization that would have events, some of them to promote Japanese culture, promote non-Japanese culture, that kind of stuff. And um, Samantha and David and their daughter May, mm-hmm. um, who are now members of drum group here oh really um i met them they were over there samantha had been to japan before david was over there teaching english in the one of the junior high schools Mm -hmm. and i met them at an event and we became friends and when we moved back when i decided to move back to america Mm -hmm. honestly it was like where do we start yeah my hometown it would be great because family's there but Mm -hmm. is there a japanese presence not really no my mother lived in michigan but she lived in an area where there's no japanese presence
0: is there a huge Japanese presence here in Cleveland?
1: In Cleveland, no, it's not huge, okay. but it's but is bigger one. than the other two. <laughs> yeah. So we said, all right, you know what? And it's and it's in between. Mm-hmm. It's in between. It sounds kind of silly to sort of gauge it on, but mm-hmm. it's in between family. Yeah. You know, my mother was living alone. My dad, he well, he's remained family and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, we decided to just go in between. Mm-hmm. So we started where you know Samantha and David had moved back. So.
0: So why did you so move had... back? Just kind of family? Or... Um,
1: there's a, there were a lot of different reasons, mm-hmm. but. To simplify it, we decided the kids, my, my children should be, I don't want to put it the wrong way, but basically we wanted them to be American with a Japanese background, not Japanese with American background. I see what we you mean. We figured they would have more options in the future if their major language is English mm-hmm. as opposed to being Japanese.
0: I see what you mean.
1: Japanese society can be a little, I don't It can be constrictive at times. Mm -hmm. It's great. I loved it. I miss it Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. But there are times when... So we just decided it would be better for their general education
4: Mm -hmm.
1: that... It's a hard decision. Yeah, I bet. Because it's...
0: Were they born over there?
1: Yeah, they were born over there. Wow. When they moved back here, they were (laughs) 8 and 11. Wow. Second grade and fifth grade. They both needed ESL. Really? For like a year and a half.
0: You don't... I mean, for our listeners, they probably don't realize this, but Matt is actually uh, American. He's not... See obviously. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, we, we have to make probably... that clear because yeah. people might
2: think that he's Japanese. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you can infer that uh, when we yeah, ask Matthew Matt...
1: Richards is a really Japanese. Yeah, well, <laughs> no. you
0: could have been adopted. You well, never no. know. Yeah,
1: it's right. <laughs> but, uh... Well, it's 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 funny that because we bring up that language, people. I actually approached a friend of mine who had an English school, and I said, "Could you?" Teach because teaching your own children—it's it's difficult. It's—it's—it's it's, it's really hard. Yeah. So I said, can you teach them? And you would not believe the people. People are like, well, no, they're your children. They—they they understand English. Why? How could I teach them English? And it's like <laughs> you don't understand. No. What do you mean? And people think that because it's it don't, for lack of a better way of putting, it, they think that language is genetic.
0: Yeah. Actually, I, you know? I know what you mean. Yeah. My relatives—they'll—they'll <laughs> they'll talk to me about like a piece of Chinese history so obscure and expect me to know it because they learned it in elementary school and it's just obvious knowledge at every age. Person, yeah. or Chinese person should know. I'm like, sure. I honestly, I have no idea what you're talking no about. It's no just, yeah. no, I know what you mean. There's always concep- misconceptions of yep. it. I mean, even if it's not just genetic, they think that because you are, you should know. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah. But, um, so. but back to you. Um, yeah. When you first moved to Japan, did you mm. have a, an adjustment period? Like, was there culture shock? Like, how, what was the experience like the first year?
1: Um, <laughs> did I have an adjustment period? Yeah, my adjustment period was 18 years. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, they say for language, they say you never can learn all of the Japanese language. Mm-hmm. and, you know, well, who does, but any language, but, um, no, the first year, um, I said, yeah, the first year was, was rough. I went with a very open mind. In fact, people will ask me, you had an image going to Japan of what Japan would be like and mm-hmm. how did that compare with them? Were you disappointed by actually seeing it? And, I, and I, I cannot for the life of me remember what my image of Japan was before mm-hmm. I went, which was probably good mm-hmm. because you could have, you could have really messed me up if I had this image and it didn't fit that image. So I was like, well, did I have, did I have trouble? Yeah. I mean, I studied, I studied Japanese for two years at Penn State, and I was like, I'm all ready to go. And I get over there, and it's like, mm, nope, no. nope, 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 I don't have a clue. Yeah. So, and I was with a host family, mm-hmm. um, and I felt that was important. Mm-hmm. I had the option of staying in a dorm or staying with a host family. The first family, there were some, there was certain situations with the family, not their fault. It was just circumstances. The dad ended up in the hospital for five weeks. Oh, my God. Um, the mother, she had three children. She, she was working on her fourth. Mm. They were working on their fourth. Yeah. So all of a sudden, she's got this, you know. So the first the first um, three months, the first semester there was a little rough mm-hmm. at times. Plus, there was all me getting used to Japan mm-hmm. and all this, you know, this, that, and whatever. But the last half of it was great. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. I had a second homestay family.
4: Mm-hmm. They okay. were awesome.
1: and. You know, I got back to Penn State, and within a couple of weeks, I was like, I want to go. I, yeah. I can't gotta stay. Yeah, gotta, go gotta go back.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, were
0: there any holidays or traditions that uh, there might have been some awkward stories?
1: <laughs> awkward stories with holidays and traditions. Yes,
0: like uh, oops, I didn't know that. Uh, embarrassing moments. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to think. Well, I'm sure I know there were. Either, trying, oh, I was gonna say wow. either
0: there are too many or
4: just too yeah, there's day. probably there's probably <laughs> too
1: many. Although, yeah, the funny thing is with Japan, it, there's a lot of um, they're, they're very concerned about you being you know, saving face.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So
1: there probably were things I did that I didn't know and to this day don't know that oh. I goofed up. They, those could be out there. Um, plus, it's a pretty forgiving. Oh, he's a foreigner. He doesn't know.
0: Well, that's true, yeah. Which
1: to some mm-hmm. extent after a while drove me nuts because, like, I've been here enough. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. all right. To at least know, you know better. I know what yeah. I'm doing, you know.
0: You know, it's really funny. I just remember <laughs> a, a story my husband told me. He actually went to Japan with a couple of his college buddies right mm-hmm. after they graduated. And they were in the uh, hot springs. and. um oh. This is probably TMI, but they're a little bit hairier, and a lot of the men would get out of the hot springs because they thought it was dirty to have that much hair on your body. At least that's what their friend explained to them. They, wow. had, a, they had a Japanese uh, friend that took them around.
1: I've, I didn't I've, have a problem. I don't know if they were
0: just making fun of him. I don't know. I didn't know their friends. So they could have been just well, making I c- fun of him.
1: <laughs> I've got a story about the public bath. that's, Uh-oh. how should we say, <laughs> a little more... This should be interesting. <laughs> if you will. But, um, no, actually, culturally speaking, mm-hmm. when you in the public bath, you're, you know, you're, you're you know, exposed. all free to expose <laughs> exposed to the world, you know, in, and they're divided, men and women, although mm-hmm. there are some that are, you know. Family. Family. Yeah. For lack of a better word. But, um, <laughs> but I was, um, one thing I noticed is that when you go in a public bath, they're always going to give you a towel.
3: Mm-hmm. And when I
1: say towel... I'm talking like you know we have washcloths here. Mm-hmm. I'm gesturing the size of a washcloth. Yeah, oh, about half that. So oh, you get little town. That's for washing. Because uh-huh. you're supposed to wash. Their are, are station set up. You wash and then you get into the bath. You don't get in dirty.
0: Oh, I see. Um, oh, yeah. They could have skipped that stuff.
1: No, they yeah they may oh, have, they they may have that may have also been an issue that they skipped it. But um,
0: I'll have to ask him when I get home. Yeah, like, did you skip that step?
1: Yeah, like the wash <laughs> before you. Were you did you have mud dripping off of you? Oh, when you it was a f- oil and water and mud floating <laughs> off when you stepped in there. But uh, you wash off first, and you use that towel, mm-hmm. and then the men will walk around with that towel trying to cover things up. Oh, and it's like you're with other guys. Yeah, it's like who cares? <laughs> but. We could almost tell, always tell if it was, I mean, if you were in the bath with a non-Japanese, I mean, a Western, Mm -hmm. somebody that looks like me, Mm -hmm. you knew that they were a foreigner. But Mm -hmm. we would, if, you know, I'm I'm in a public bath and it's somebody that's non-Japanese but it's Asian, Mm -hmm. you can tell because they won't have the towel. They won't hold the towel in front of them. Really? The Japanese will always hold the towel in front of them.
3: Hmm. Interesting. It's like, who cares? But
1: it was just just a little bizarre. But I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. Towel on top of my head. And...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, you know, the, yeah. you, you, you obviously don't look Japanese. Right. Um,
1: the other thing was um, tattoos. Oh, yeah? That might be interesting because, there's, a, I mean, when I move back here is there's a lot of tattooing. Uh-huh. Over there, you have a tattoo, you're not going to be allowed in the public bath. Really? That's right. What? Y- is, right. There,
0: is there a reason? Do they think yes. you're part of the Yakuza or something? Yes. Oh, really? Oh, really? That's oh, really? exactly what it is. Oh.
1: There's, there's still, I mean, there was a, um, a Canadian woman mm-hmm. who... Was, again, teaching English in, in Yasu when I was there. And we had a public bath in Yasu that was built and everything. She couldn't go in. And she had a tattoo. I don't know where it was. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But <laughs> it was it was small and it was discreet. She said it wasn't very big, but she wasn't allowed in. Wow. Because the older generation
3: Aww. still
1: thinks that they don't see... You know, now it's like tattooing. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's just what you you know want to do. And I mean, there's people that have it all over. And there's people that disagree with it and don't disagree with it. But it doesn't necessarily mean... I'm a gangster and I'm a bad person. Right. Well, over there, even if it's a small one, the older generation thinks any kind of tattooing has to do with the Yakuza. Wow. The, the
4: gangsters. So
2: does that mean that there might be uh, some violence or some event if someone with uh, someone affiliated with the gang is using
1: that bath? Is that what? why they're... No, they're just, they're just scared of them.
0: Oh, okay. They're just scared. No.
1: They don't think anything's going to happen if they come into the bath and there's going to be a shootout. And oh, right, right. But the... the, the the interesting thing about the uh, more culture.
3: Yeah. I was going to ask that. Uh,
1: The Yakuza tend to keep to themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They may try to sort of intimidate non-Yakuza people every once in a while. I, mean, I did hear of someone I knew that was sort of intimidated because she ran a little store. Mm-hmm. But she just, just didn't care and told them to buzz off. And they left her oh, alone. They yeah. didn't, you know, there's no retribution or anything. Um,
0: So... Another thing that you do, Matt, is uh, pottery. Yes. Which uh, our good friend actually bought me one of the tea sets that you made for my wedding, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. sitting in um, Aaron's grandma's cabinet that we have, which cool. is really cool.
1: Do you ever use it?
0: Actually, yeah, I did use it once when we first okay, got it.
1: Right. Um, well, and, I mean, you're allowed to. I just well, yeah. some. It's funny because we'll get into this, but a lot of people will be like, "Yeah, I have it displayed," on this. and I was like, "Well, do you ever? It's it's a cup. Do you use it? Like, no, I couldn't use it. <laughs> it's a piece of. It. It's like, well, no, you're allowed to use it. Yeah,
3: but, I did use. And it I once, encourage that so. because if it
1: breaks. They come and buy another one. <laughs> so then that leads to oh, yeah. my next They're question. Cool.
0: What kind of clay do you use and is is it prone to breaking?
1: Well is it prone to breaking? Well, it's it's pottery. <laughs> so All pottery profit, by right? definition will break you know. <laughs> um, it's no, I, I use I mean I use local I mean I don't import any clay. My my mm-hmm. pottery style is very Asian mm-hmm. Japanese oh, yeah. because I mean wow. You, I knew- most of my training was in japan yeah almost all of it so p-
0: yeah um, please elaborate uh, how did you start with pottery um
1: well my grandpa back to my grandpa <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa actually did pottery his my grandma took a couple classes when she was in japan
4: hmm.
1: when she when they moved back i guess heading into retirement or at least after retirement definitely after retirement my grandpa got into it big time mm-hmm. grandma helped him out although she was more into the weaving
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and so they both became craftsmen, and my grandpa was fairly well known in the Lancaster area. Mm-hmm. He would um, demonstrate at the, the farm museum and everything. So he was he was around, but I was a kid and it was like, well, I'll try it, and I was interested in it. But did I get into it? Not really. You hmm. know, it was like every once in a while I'd make something. If it was on the wheel, grandpa would fix it for me, mm-hmm. so it make, so it was looked like something. But it was when I went to Japan that first year
3: mm-hmm. we
1: had. Every day we had intensive Japanese all morning, and Mm -hmm. then in the afternoon we had different classes, cultural classes, history,
3: Mm -hmm. economics,
1: whatever we wanted to take, and they had a pottery class. I said,
4: Hmm.
1: let's do that, and it kind of went from there. All right. And it just was a hobby. I mean, that was the only formal training I had was one year.
4: Yeah,
0: wow. And then in
1: Yasu, for 15 years, I met a potter who lived five minutes from my house. I became friends with him, and we just did pottery all the time.
0: That's really cool. Now is this potter, like, famous?
4: No,
1: no, he, he, he's famous in the area. Okay. But um, I moved back here, and then... Oh, we were going back on... You were asking about clay and yeah. <laughs> whether it breaks or... Am I using the fragile clay as yeah. opposed to the non-fragile clay? <laughs> so
0: people have to go back and buy more. No, I'm just
1: joking. <laughs> but, um, but I get clays here. I usually will mix and match mm-hmm. stuff. Just to kind of, I mean, I like um, to add what's called grog, which gives it a real rough texture.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And... With that rough texture, it's very... The it's very Japanese-like, that kind of very earthy, natural, yeah, organic, rough texture. I like that, too. It makes so, the cup a
0: lot nicer to hold because yeah. you can actually feel the graininess. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And I actually had um, issues, if you will, at first when I moved back. And I wasn't selling it yet. Mm-hmm. But what I would do is is I would leave... I know, it's hard to do in the reading. I'm like making all these gestures and nobody can see them. Yeah. But if you like, you have a cup mm-hmm. and... What I would do is sometimes I would not cover it entirely with a glaze.
3: Uh-huh.
1: It'll be, I'll leave, leave the clay exposed because yeah. to me it's, there's that balance of, it's okay to have glaze on it, mm-hmm. but the clay is cool too.
3: Yeah.
1: What I was learning is a lot of potters here, not all of them. I mean, there's still, there's a, I mean, there's such a broad horizon, but a lot of potters that I was exposed to here in this area were like, well, why didn't you glaze it?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I realized <laughs> that they weren't worried about the clay. The clay was just the canvas. hmm you know, you paint a canvas, it's like, who leaves the canvas exposed? Right. paint it. No, I kind of like that raw. But, yeah, but, but I was finding little by little people were, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'll just, you know, even just a splash of glaze on something. now and But mm-hmm. at, the, at the same time, people, when they come in, they want to buy a bowl or a plate, something they're going to use in their kitchen. If it's not covered with glaze, they get worried about whether it, safe or not. Right. I'd say, like, well, of course it is. It's
0: fine. I mean, it's non-toxic clay, right? But Yeah. <laughs> if you eat clay. some, it's not going to... People
1: ask about lead glazes. <laughs> really? All the time.
0: I thought, I thought people here just don't carry that
4: anymore.
1: Well, there are a lot of glazes in years gone by Yeah. We're like, oh, I just had lead all because it was, those lead was used mm-hmm. because it just was used. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, I mean, you, there still are glazes that are decorative mm-hmm. because lead has certain properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll you, you know, you're warned about that, and that, that's when you make a decorative item and you say, "Hey, don't use this for food." And, but for the most part, most glazes are not. Don't have any lead in them. So oh, I
0: didn't know that.
1: It's all safe. And so
0: where would you find glaze with lead if you?
1: Glaze supply <laughs> oh, <laughs> supply really? house, or oh. or mix it yourself, or or whatever. But um,
0: interesting, because I thought yeah. they just took lead out of everything, all sorts of paint.
1: But they, it's 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 put into some again because it has certain properties which i'm i'm not i don't i'm not real <laughs> experienced with that I don't, I don't bother with it too much but um yeah so
0: now if somebody wanted to um observe and look at your pottery or to purchase do you have like a website you can send them to
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. r y U N O S A K E B I dot com. it's Pronounced yeah. in Japanese, yunosakebi, which means "call of the dragon."
0: Interesting. Yeah, your yeah. dragons are pretty awesome. Thanks. I know Aaron really, really, really wanted the one but like, no, we're buying a house. Maybe <laughs> afterwards.
1: <laughs> buy a house, buy one of on my. Well, it's not yeah. quite that. It's not quite that relationship, but I understand. Well, yeah, yeah I mean,
0: um, in a couple months, we should be able to yeah. visit one of your galleries. Now, um, can you repeat that website again?
1: Yes. www.ryuno. S a k e b i dot com,
0: and uh, is there an email address where people can contact you that's easier to remember? You may <laughs> at Gmail. <laughs> no. Well, you can do that. Well,
1: th- there's <laughs> the same one r y u n o s a k e b i at m e dot com.
0: All right, well, and for you-
2: those in Facebook, uh, he also has a presence in Facebook. R y
1: u n o s a k e b i. Yeah, or Matthew Richards. Look for Matthew Richards, and it should show that I'm in Cleveland and good well, it has a real handsome face that pops yes, up and me. a ponytail right yeah man has a ponytail rat tail
0: well is that what's the difference because i've i've here called I being rat tail and ponytail
1: probably because i don't have i don't have all my hair in a tail that would probably be a ponytail okay. because it's just the back part so that's they called a rat
0: tail got it i don't know I whatever learned something today so okay. are you
2: planning <laughs> to uh do a top knot on your
1: me a top
0: knot oh yeah <laughs> almost almost <laughs>
1: bring it all the way up <laughs> i tried growing all just a side story. I in, in japan i tried growing it all out once mm-hmm. bad bad idea why my, because my hair is curly oh and it just it went real afro <laughs> on me <laughs> and it was just, I, I lasted a year and then I just, I can't do this anymore. So
2: you were sporting that 70s look. Huh? Oh, yeah. it was
1: horrible. Alex, it I heard horrible.
0: you used to have an afro too.
1: I, I used to have an afro and now it's in the grade.
0: So what happened? It was, <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't want your afro anymore. Yeah,
1: no, the afro uh, <laughs> yeah. pulled back. It just, Aww. You know, uh, I never made it. I never so. made it. So I just don't keep with the stock part. No, yeah.
0: is that just a Matt Richards thing or is that something you picked up in Japan from About, a friend?
1: hmm. Um, it's it's
0: actually <laughs> spending 18 years there it's kind of a little bit of both huh
1: well actually people would ask me there was a famous um comedian over there and i think he's still probably doing stuff shimura ken
4: mm-hmm.
1: and he had a rat tail
4: mm-hmm.
1: he had like a really high forehead oh and like he almost like he just shifted everything backwards and just you know pulled the tail <laughs> out and people are like oh shimura ken and i'm like and i used to watch him and i thought he was a hoot but it had nothing to do with that oh really rock group canadian rock group rush i've mm-hmm. sure heard of rush the drummer had on one of, the, and for a while there, he had a little, he had his hair short up top, and a little rat tail, and I thought that looks cool. I'm gonna, do, and I'm, and, you know, I loved Rush, and it had nothing to do. It. I mean, it's, just, I just thought it looked cool. I'm gonna do oh. it. So my son has one now too. Oh, That's really? He, <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> yeah, like
0: father, like son. Yep. Now, are there any uh, Japanese traditions that you keep um, in the household? at any holidays or any uh, dishes that you celebrate with in particular? We,
1: uh, well. Yes. Yes, and no. New Year's is big. Christmas is not. Okay. Like if like, now,
0: New Year's is in the lunar New Year or like January first.
1: They do January first. Okay. Okay, they do January first, and it's usually New Year's Eve. You might go to the shrine, mm-hmm. say, a, do a thing for the new com- new coming year, and then those next few days are. Sort of when you go and hang out with family, mm-hmm. visit family,
4: mm-hmm.
1: have the the New Year's meal, and, and there's all these different little dishes.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And and when I say little dish, I mean we're talking like it's just, you know just a little bit, and they all have meaning and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that, and then you big holidays. We have Golden Week, which is the end of April.
3: When mm-hmm. well, you of mentioned April, May.
2: shrine, what yes. do you mean by that? Is that
1: a religious shrine? Yeah, you or have a burial shrine. You have um, Shinto, and you have Buddha. Um, so you'd have the Shinto shrines, you have the Buddhist temples. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be, they'd go to the Shinto shrines. Okay. Shinto, sh- basically for lack of a better word, about, not a better word, but a better way of putting it, Shinto is for happy things, celebratory things. Buddhism is more for death.
0: Oh, I see. People pass,
1: really, people the you yeah. know, your, rel- your relatives of a past, things like that. Interesting. That what? sounds kind of dark, but it, it's not. it's not meant to be dark, but that's... Okay.
0: Yeah, celebration so, kind of. of life. I, I, yeah. Not every, not death isn't supposed to be like dark in a lot of cultures, right? It's actually right. a passing to a different realm of existence.
4: Yeah, but yeah. you
0: know, let's not get too much into. we will going to we'll get to that. Oh,
1: careful, careful. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, so yeah, but that, yeah, so that's that's what I was talking about when mm-hmm. when I when I said shrine.
0: Got it. So. so the Shinto shrine. Their
1: religion over there again, just briefly, because we you know we're not supposed to talk about religion and politics. <laughs> um, we could talk a little bit about religion politics. Okay. When you ask a per- Japanese person, what's your religion? They probably won't answer you. I, mean, I don't have one. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute. But you go to the shrine, you do this. It's not like here. I mean, there are all sorts of religions here as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But again, just taking an example, Christianity. Like my mm-hmm. dad is, is Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty much not. Well, I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go to church every Sunday, and of course, and other times too. But the Japanese don't necessarily go regularly. It's more part of a lifestyle
0: okay so like a tradition right? then
3: if we're
1: getting married we're gonna to go to the shrine Got that's it. it'll be a shinto event hmm. if mom dies it's gonna be a buddhist mm-hmm. we're gonna have the buddhist priest is gonna come mm-hmm. and we're gonna do a ritual there mm-hmm. see what i mean it's not anything like we're absolutely this i see what you so, mean so it's and not and of is... course there are japanese christians as well so right right um
0: i i did um a question i had let me try to remember Oh, that's right. Uh, somebody told me this year that in Japan they don't actually celebrate the Lunar New Year. No. Oh, is there? No. Do you know why? Or
3: no.
1: No, they I don't. just don't. <laughs> somebody yeah, I mean, told me
0: this year. I was like, really? Nope. They so celebrate that
1: was, the. Uh, that was nice to me. It's always uh New Year's January first.
0: Well, I'm very glad that you guys celebrate the Lunar New Year here in Cleveland with us with your drumming. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was glad to. And I'm glad that Shoujoji them, yeah.
0: does the Japanese dancing for the Lunar New Year, too, <laughs> even though I will have to ask them next time I see them. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to bring them in in mm-hmm. a future interview as well. But uh, we're nearing our half-hour mark, so wow. uh, I'm going to turn over to Alex. Uh, we have a new segment called Alex's Corner. And Alex, what are you going to do for Alex's Corner?
2: Well, we'll have some uh, information for everybody, just giving everybody a heads up on what's coming up in uh, our future shows. Uh, with that said, what's coming up? 7 so seven twenty-eight, July twenty-eight. Alex Duong, the proprietor of ATC Asia Town Center in Cleveland. On August four, we will have Radhika Reddy. Um, she owns uh, Ariel International. And on August eleven and August thirty, it would be called the Alex Show because um, Johnny would be off and Yin might not be available. So,
0: my birthday is in August. I'm taking a break.
2: Yes. Uh, Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I might have some surprises for the guests. Uh, usually my shows are very musical oriented, something uh, something different. I play a lot of uh, Filipino music and music that we don't need a license for. So, <laughs> 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 And that's Alex Corner. Till next week.
0: Thank you very much. We're going to go take a break and we'll be back. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Asiatown Voice. We are an hour-long, non-profit radio station, WJCU's 88.7 FM. Asia Town Voice is here from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. And uh, that track that you just heard earlier was uh, Matt Richards with uh, Yume Daiko, the Taiko Drumming Group. And uh, Alex had one more event to add to Alex's Corner, about a picnic, I believe.
2: Yes, and I will be attending this picnic. It's on July 21st. It's the uh, Cleveland Chinese Community Picnic. It will be at Edgewater Park. It starts at 11 a.m. and it's only six bucks just to cover the food and all the logistical needs. So everybody attend that uh, picnic and I'm pretty sure there's going to be lots of food in there.
0: So uh, what kind of food do you know?
2: I'm betting that there would be some form of dumplings and yes. some form of noodles.
0: <laughs> very good, very good. Um so I guess Matt, you know the next question we're gonna ask you.
2: Oh um it will be at the upper pavilion of Edgewater Park.
0: Well thank you for interrupting me for that very important piece of information. I know.
3: Well, it's at. You're, <laughs> welcome. <important>. You're welcome.
2: You're <laughs> welcome.
0: Yes, that is true. So uh hopefully we'll see everybody at that picnic. Now Matt, wh- while you were in Japan, did you learn how to cook? And will you cook for us?
1: Right now? <laughs> <laughs> um well, yes, well I I enjoy cooking like mm-hmm. Even before I got into, Sweet. You know, before I went to Japan, mm-hmm. um, when I was in college, um, I started cooking in the dorm. I wasn't supposed to, but I was. Mm-hmm. I got a hot plate and everything. Plate, yeah, and it's just, yeah I'm like that too
2: at thing. the Cleveland State dorms.
1: Yeah, yeah Shame it's, just, on it's survival, guys. survival. <laughs> um, yeah, you gotta cook
2: those ramen noodles. I yeah, hid mine that's... under my bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did it openly. I just, I just pulled the, shh, I pulled the battery out of the sm- um, oh, smoke I alarm, see. in the beginning of the year, and then I uh, put it back at the end. But, um. Yeah, and I did. And when I went to Japan, I mean, I was I was all about cooking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I loved doing it. It was when I first lived in Japan, before I got married for mm-hmm. the first few years. People would be like, "So what do you do for dinner?" It's like, oh, you can go out. I'm like, "No, I cook." Really? But you're a guy. <laughs> so there was that cult. There's that that,
3: culture, that cultural yeah.
1: thing where it's like people were just like, "What do you do with your laundry?"
0: I wash. You don't I have wash. you don't
1: have a woman. To do your laundry and cook for you, and it's like, well, g- give me a break. And they would not—they—they pe- would not believe that I could—that I did, did it myself. What What year was it? Is <laughs> nineteen twelve? No, <laughs> nineteen
0: twelve. What? starting in the look, late eighties.
1: You old look young, you? man.
0: <laughs>
1: man looks young. I'm forty six.
0: Oh well, okay then. So It was the late <laughs> eighties. Late eighties.
1: Late so. Usually, people yeah. don't was, admit just, their age. But. Japan. Japan. I mean, in some respects, Japan is like twenty, thirty years behind. Mm-hmm. In in some in in some ways, mm-hmm. it sounds kind of. It's but they that those the male female roles.
3: Mm-hmm. Are they are, still there? Are,
1: yeah, that yeah. that thing is is still going on, and um, um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, when, even when I got married. Mm-hmm people would ask how's your you know it was one of the oh you just got married so how's your wife's cooking it's like i don't know
0: (laughs) you do all the cooking at home right i did all the cooking wonderful
1: and it's just that's that's what i like doing it so so so
0: what do you what do you cook what do you make it's a
1: it's a mix Mm -hmm. i'll do japanese i've done i've done faux i've done i've done all sorts of stuff um everybody loves my sushi yeah because
2: so no, Matt, when
0: are you gonna throw everybody. us a sushi party? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll, I'll, I'm always, always, always up for that. You <laughs> should have seen um,
0: the look on Matt's face. He stopped. He's like, "Wait, I just admitted I can do sushi."
1: <laughs>
2: hey, Matt, do to uh, do soba noodles? What's that? Yeah, so- soba noodles. Cause uh, I've seen it in in TV, and I was wondering if uh, you're able to.
1: I can't. I don't make them from scratch. I, I can actually. I can make udon noodles mm-hmm. from scratch. Um, soba noodles—it's a, is a different material, but I, I mean, I guess I, if I looked it up, I probably could do it. Um, but I've—I've I've done the cold soba. I've used soba noodles. You can get them, where you just have to boil them and get them ready, and then there's you can get all the stuff for them. And the sauces and everything and I can do I'll do all that myself. So
0: what is soba is that like rice noodles? It's bu- it's buckwheat. Buckwheat? Oh buckwheat, they're called green.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Huh. yeah. And so, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be better for you than other wheat hmm. products and such. But But
0: udon noodles, those are the egg noodles, right?
1: Udon is um it's actually flour.
0: Flour? Whoops.
1: Flour, I don't think there's a no, there's no egg in it. Yeah. No?
0: Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I no, I'm just I'm yeah, just saying. yeah. <laughs> so what else do you make? And and seriously, um, can you cook for us sometime? Yeah. Just come here, set up a hot plate. You know, Alex yeah. will
1: Alex will bring his ramen. So it can be done. It can be done. I I, I don't. I, I love cooking. I love cooking for people. And
2: I'll bring a slice of beef, uncooked.
1: Uh, okay. Oh man. So this story... I'll do it. I'll do it. No, <laughs> so, to give me. So you, what you don't understand is I will take beef. I have learned. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, this is the wrong time. We're like at dinner time right now. Oh, you're so... hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry too. i hungry. But um, um, I. I love my beef rare, rare, rare. So yeah. I'll take a, I'll take beef and I'll basically just the hot pl- get the pan really hot and just mm-hmm. sear the heck out of it. Beef tartar, mm-hmm. huh? Beef get tartare, tar, seriously? Tar-tar. Oh yeah. Now we're talking. I like my, <laughs> I like yeah. my better now. <laughs> See, so that's a f- that's that's the way to people's hearts is food.
0: Yeah, Alex, yeah. you added him on uh, Facebook what like 15 minutes ago? Yeah,
1: while we were my, yes. my iPad was blinking at me and I, I was like whoa and I didn't look at it until
3: later. Yeah.
2: I already a- liked his Darío um, <laughs> Beef.
0: Oh site. yeah, okay. the website. Yeah. But but yeah, back to the beef. Um <laughs> the Alex, beef, what's the story
1: about the beef? Oh, uh,
0: no, well actually it wasn't beef necessarily, it was salmon. <laughs> so it was Aaron's birthday party and mm-hmm. Alice is like, "Oh, I'll bring salmon." And even a couple days before, he's like, "Do you know where I can buy salmon?" So I'm like, "Yeah, just go to any of the Asian stores here downtown."
2: So I went to ATC.
0: Yes. And then he comes later to the birthday party with a hunk of salmon.
2: Big one, a big hunk. A
0: huge hunk of salmon <laughs> with the scales and the bones. And here I am trying to host the party and then it took me like half an hour just to clean the darn fish I think it's
2: about seven inches well
0: I told you it I was, was gonna a bring a salmon <laughs> you didn't tell me to cook it <laughs> so I brought it to you usually at <laughs> <it> potlucks <to> you. <laughs> <Usually laughs> you cook the food Alex <laughs> so here I am trying to serve drinks meanwhile I'm like sneaking off to the kitchen with like scales and bones and yeah. raw fish all over my hands I'm, like, I selected I w- I a salmon make...
2: prime cut oh, man. <laughs> I
0: was like I'm just gonna make sashimi then they're like well you know it was kinda on ice we're not worried we're a little bit worried it might not be you know clean so I'm like fine I'll bake it
3: no. so
0: it took me oh, about an hour to prepare. Yeah, I know. It would have been really good. And that it would have saved me a lot of time. Yeah. Right, Alex?
2: <laughs> well, since Matt is a meat eater, I'll be inviting him to my party. Yeah, but I like, I, he can I, cook. I like fish, too. So anytime,
0: anytime Alex is invited to a party, we have to invite Matt so he can prepare the food. And right. then at our housewarming party, Alex brought rice uncooked. <laughs> <laughs> uncooked rice.
3: But well, here's,
1: here's a good story for you about rice. Mm-hmm. A, a friend of mine, when I was in Japan, a friend of mine said how um, she was, was in, when she was in Australia and with the rice, she had heard that Australian rice was dirty, so she washed it. And she really gave it a good washing, but when she cooked it, it was, there was all this, this stuff.
3: Hmm.
1: And I was like, what the heck? Her husband's like, what the heck did you say? Well, I washed it. I was like, Wait a minute, did you wash it with soap? Oh.
3: She put soap Ooh. in
1: it. Oh. And the funny thing was, this was a Japanese woman. Who really? Thought that what? It was okay, to put soap, soap to wash the rice.
0: I but mm, <laughs> did she always do this? Did they eat? No, it? No, no. So it was uh. only because again she was in
1: Australia and she thought that, that was what you were supposed to do.
0: Wow. Oh wow! wow. Because so, she what heard kind it was of soap rice. was like dish detergent uh, probably or a dish, just rice hand washing soap? soap? I don't,
1: I don't know, <laughs> so, but
0: that's interesting. Yeah, wow.
1: but. I did remember something cultural about the salmon. We were talking about the salmon. I, mm-hmm. I yeah, we can go this back to the salmon. <laughs> it wasn't me personally. But we were, I remember my wife and I watching TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and we I rarely watched Japanese variety TV. It just wasn't my thing. But we were watching the show, and this reporter was following these salmon fishermen
3: mm-hmm. in Alaska mm-hmm.
1: and getting on the boats with them, and they were catching mm-hmm. salmon. he was just like, oh, my gosh, and the salmon, oh, this was sweet salmon. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. We got back to the dock, and the fishermen started Gotten in the fish. Uh-huh. He got to the females, and you know he pulls oh, out yeah. a female. He got out of the salmon eggs.
0: Yeah, the roe. He
1: took the sack and he threw it to the birds. Oh. What? And the Japanese started freaking out. And he just this reporter is running around chasing this bird, trying to get this because that's you know
0: that's like the best part. That's like the best yeah. part. Yeah. What? And so wait, wait, wait. This, this fisherman, he wasn't Japanese. No. no oh. Okay. He was an American. He was in Alaska. Okay. So was oh. An oh. Okay. Fisherman. Yeah.
1: Sorry yeah so i mean <laughs> now the, the the thing is is that i mean was that a gimmick at the time was the guy was the guy really doing that did the rest of me taken, and he just did it to get the japanese all riled up i don't know because <laughs> you know nowadays it's it's everybody's got to know that that's a delicacy and that
0: yeah it's like you caviar. don't throw that to the birds yeah, you know no, no, yeah, that's definitely. crazy but, i mean i yeah. love fish roe, so yeah but um <laughs> I, I was going to ask alex about uh the rice as well uh You said it was a Filipino tradition to give rice and a new home?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up watching and observing this tradition that every time there's uh, someone, there's house blessing, someone moved into a new house, they give rice. So do you Mm -hmm. know why? I think it's for... like a feeling of plentiful, something like that, mm. oh. over abundance. Because when you cook gotcha. rice, it like you know it becomes you know from grains to it becomes yeah. puffier.
0: I should probably not wash that with soap,
2: huh?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. That's brown rice. You, you, it you doesn't get it. clear. You just one one run and that's it. all
3: right. <laughs> In J-
1: in Japan, I don't know about a housewarming gift, but rice, of course, is mm-hmm. is very important to the culture. Um, there's one thing they say when 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 you're eating rice, you're supposed to. I mean, you know, here if you're eating. I hate to say it, but not all Americans, but if you, you know, delete it, and there'll be you know, here's a bowl with a bunch of grains in it. Yeah. It couldn't quite get all the way. Right, right. But in Japan, they say that every single grain of rice has seven gods in it. Oh, really? So make sure you eat all those Whoa, interesting grains of rice.
0: I was always told that if you, if you miss a grain, that's a pockmark that's going to show up on your face. Oh, yes yeah. you know. <laughs> that'll teach little kids
3: no, that's <laughs> that's something new. Not, I think
0: it was pimples not pockmarks i can'
2: I'm
1: gonna post yeah. it in facebook tonight <laughs> well, every single green is a, a house pimple. of seven gods, right <laughs> yeah there you go that, that one's much
0: better so yeah but
1: it's it, that's that's an important thing and um we we're t- we we're t- going back to um um Buddhism mm-hmm. and honoring the, your past relatives mm-hmm. um usually I would say usually but most houses will have some sort of little shrine mm-hmm in the house, and they'll even have a, um, like a, I don't know, for lack of a better, an alcove or a closet, if you mm-hmm. will, where the shrine is, is is housed. And it's traditional to, whenever somebody's preparing the meal, if it's rice, they'll have a little tiny bowl and they'll put rice in it, mm-hmm. and it'll be put on, you know, in that shrine.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then set, I mean, for it ends up drying long. up and yeah. honestly gets thrown away, but the idea is rice for the relatives that have passed.
0: Now, um, have you observed any uh, way to um, uh, eating habits, like eating traditions, like how you're supposed to hold the bowl in Japan?
1: Um, hold the bowl in your left. Well, if you're right-handed, huh? you hold the chopsticks in your right hand. Usually, it's you know your your four fingers are going to be holding the bottom of the bowl, and you'll have your thumb on the edge. Um, well, I had a Vietnamese girlfriend, and they would hold the bowl all the way up mm-hmm. and sort of mm-hmm. shovel the last bits of rice in.
3: Yeah,
1: Japanese don't do that. Oh, they oh. want to get it, pick it up. They don't. They don't. Think that's a good thing.
0: Oh, is, oh, okay. Now, is, is there anything against like clasping the bowl like completely on the bottom with your hands open?
1: Well, one thing about that. Yeah. Have you ever had something hot inside a piece that of pottery?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it's the way is I mean, my wife. She will often teach the kids that this is the way you hold it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Not like this, and this isn't as as good. And, yeah. It's also not as. I think this is better because the way the bowls are made mm-hmm. traditionally, you've got a. a, a a ring, if you will, that's a base kind of at the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's easy. When you have that on your fingers and you have your your thumb on the edge of the lip, I think that's easier to hold than just cupping the bowl right. in your hand. So you we get more control.
0: See, we were taught that was rude, and that's what beggars did. Is oh, to holding cup it in it. your yeah. cup? Yeah, okay. <laughs> cupping it. Wow. And also um, ne- never stick chopsticks in your rice straight up. because right. it's, Yeah, it,
1: that's it, my next question. That, is, is that in Chinese culture as well? Yeah. Why, why is it, it in Chinese culture? death, I think.
0: Well, it's, in Filipino culture,
2: Alex? No, I think a, a Chinese person told me that uh, because I used to stick my chopstick upright well, it, because it, when I'm going somewhere I don't want to put it on the table well, so I just <laughs> put it upright. It's clean that yeah, way. Yeah, it's, you don't do that in
1: Japan. It's, it's
0: like yeah. incense and it's supposed to draw like uh, the spirits, evil spirits to your food.
1: Oh. I'm trying to remember the exact specific reason but it has to do with, with death. And, and yeah. um, The other thing is the chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know about other cultures but in Japan um, like if like if you want it, like if, I, if, if the plate is over here mm-hmm. all the, the pieces of meat so and you away. want some, okay, okay, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to hand it to you. Uh-huh. If I take my chopsticks and I have this thing in, in in the chopsticks and I go to, and you take out your chopsticks and take it from me, uh-huh. that is a big no-no. Really? I can put it on your plate. That's uh-huh. okay. Uh-huh. Heck, I can put it in your mouth. That's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but to chopstick to chopstick is bad. What? The funeral.
2: Man, do you know the name for a uh, Japanese word for chopsticks?
1: Hashi. Hashi. Oh, hashi. Well, hashi.
0: Can you teach us some Japanese phrases? They, they
2: mentioned that in the uh, last samurai movie, Hashi, I forget.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it also means bridge. Oh. And there's a, I mean, there are those that will say there's a slight intonation difference when you're saying it, but, hmm. you know, in conversation, you know. It's,
0: so, if typically. I'm eating
1: food and somebody says, if I'm preparing a meal and getting ready for dinner and somebody says, could you please pass me the bridge?
0: hmm
1: That's, duh. It's going to yeah. be Hashi. It's going to be, no, they're not saying the bridge. They want Chopsticks. Chopsticks. Gotcha. So, yeah. Now, how do you say
2: Alex is my friend? That's pretty good. Oh. Wow,
1: just hearing it once and <laughs> part, correcting partway through and he got it. I'm impressed. Well,
0: he, uh, I guess that's why he's a musician. He just kind of picks things up tonally.
1: Cool.
4: So,
0: and actually, uh, that was my next question. Um, mm-hmm. The name of your drum group is Yume Daiko. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the structure of um, of the drum beats in uh, Taiko drumming?
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> well, structure of the drum beats. Well, I'm not. I mean, not like, are there, sure.
0: are there patterns? Like, yes. Is there like yeah, rhythms?
1: Yeah. Of course. Um, actually, Japanese in some ways drumming is is fairly standard. It's it's. Um, they say they say drumming is one of the easiest forms of music to for everybody to how should we say um, absorb, mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. because the mother's heartbeat.
0: Oh, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact,
1: Kodo, Kodo, one of the f- most famous groups in Japan, they've been to they've been to Cleveland. They were here a few years ago. Yeah, I think I've heard that they perform um,
2: in uh, downtown yeah, Playhouse pal- Square. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're awesome, but um, they their their name of their group Kodo is, is like the, the, the heart. The heartbeat mm-hmm. of the mother, and um, and that's so. So you have, a, I mean, they're not all four-four rhythms. If you start talking to music, because I again I don't know a lot about music terminology and all that stuff, but it's just a basic. You'll have a usually have a bass, you know, rhythm mm-hmm. that you, and then you have all sorts of beats going off of that, and they're arranged in different ways. So it's it's not like a song where the 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 drums are a bass. And then the melodies that will come around that, the, the, the rhythms have to be r- arranged, and mm-hmm. so that it becomes that becomes the song, because there's no melodies, no harmonies, all that, you know.
0: Now, is there like a specific type of measure that's commonly used?
1: No. Well, four four is the usual.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's sort, of, but it, it's not necessarily that. In fact, sometimes, like Samantha was a music major, and mm-hmm. we have another woman in our group as a music teacher. Mm-hmm. They will sometimes have trouble because. Japanese music or Japanese taiko music wasn't traditionally didn't traditionally have sheet music. It mm-hmm. was passed by word of mouth. Totally gotcha. like, yeah. interesting. Like uh, for example, um, don toko don toko don toko don toko. There you see? go. see. That's just verbally. It's it sounds. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's don toko don toko. It's, it's and so that's how songs were passed along or rhythms were passed along.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And um. It's just now recently because it's become such a big performance art
3: mm-hmm.
1: that there are, you know, they've got to put down sheet music. Well, right. I have sheet music for some of our songs. Samantha and then Debbie, who the, the other, the music teacher, mm-hmm. have had trouble because it's, I'm like, okay, this is the basics, mm-hmm. but then listen to what we're doing.
0: Right. So you have because to Because
1: it's flexible. going to be a little sure. different. Yeah. And they would get hung up on that. Oh. So And I and, and the thing was, I was like, why are you... And, and I didn't understand why they were getting... Why can't you do this? Mm-hmm. It's just listen to what we're doing. But they were getting hung up on the sheet music. Is it, it because of the quite, count? It's just because the sheet music, the notation wasn't necessarily quite what it was. There probably could have been a better way of... Probably, because it seems to me that a lot of times that the music notation is fairly... Rigid. It's like, I what, think it's, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it's probably could have been a better... Whoever wrote down that sheet music however many years ago may not have done it quite right. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a better way of doing it,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but we had, you know, so it was just it was just a little bit different than that. The timing was just a little bit off, or there wasn't the right number of rests in between those notes that were on there. So we'd run into trouble like that. But Got it. um Now the songs and, and some of the songs that we do are based on... Um, stories mm-hmm. like there's a traditional story in Yasu, and so there's a song that goes, it's built around that, and it's supposed to represent different things happening in this story. Mm-hmm. Other rhythms are just traditional rhythms that were used in festivals in
3: mm-hmm. Japan
1: around the country, and so it's just kind of a base rhythm. And then other groups have used those, and it's kind of become community property or whatever. And people have rearranged them and such mm-hmm. and things like that so interesting yeah.
0: now um is your group recruiting and do you have a studio where you practice regularly
1: we're kind of we're, we're in between studios. we're actually in <laughs> um in a karate studio mm-hmm. in Strongsville. oh um jeff ellis's international karate center he's been very kindly allowed us to use space when we can he of course has his own classes so mm-hmm. close it's, to been, yes, it's close to barma yeah i just moved
0: from there actually cool so I cool. wish I
1: knew that. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, we, we're we're welcomed. We we're a little light on members right now. We had some Japanese members uh, that have come and gone mm-hmm. because they've been here and then moved back and mm-hmm. all stuff. And we're a little light on members right now. We're
2: mm, how long if if you have a new student? How long does it take for this student to be part of a performance? Wow. Um,
0: Alex is thinking about joining. I, I've been thinking lives...
2: since I first I uh, saw them
1: two years ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: he lives right down the road.
1: <laughs> um, well, it, it's for somebody who's a musician, perhaps less time.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: What my my philosophy in it is, and for the most part, this has worked. Is you know, how do you teach a kid how to swim? Mm-hmm. Throw them in the pool. Oh, got it. You got it. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to throw you in the pool if you have absolutely no idea how to swim. Period. Mm-hmm. But what I'll do is what I try to do is is get people. You know, get them trained. The rhythms are not that hard. Some Mm -hmm. songs are easier than others. Mm -hmm. Some songs for... You'll have people doing different parts, and you'll have some parts that are harder than others, but you'll have some parts that are just... If you got the bass rhythm, you can do it. And I try to get you out there, because... I mean, this is a little more true in Japan, but you had a lot of people who were afraid, so...
3: Afraid of drumming? Afraid afraid of of performing? Afraid of performing. I got it. If they
1: were joining the group, they shouldn't have been afraid of the drums. Right, right. But, um... So, the idea was, and one of my seniors, when I first joined the group, was just like, he shoved me in the pool. Aww. <laughs> and the idea was that you're not going to get good unless you perform. You're, you're because for, you, you then you'll that, embarrass yourself. You're forced to be sharp. I yeah. agree.
0: I agree with that so. philosophy. No,
2: um, one question. I noticed during your performances, there's a person yelling. It's either <laughs> you, your daughter, another person. I just don't understand which, which is the uh, uh, why are they yelling or there's. Is you
0: mean there... who's the conductor?
2: I don't know. So is that I don't what know. You're that's why I'm asking Matt. Well, okay.
1: Well, <laughs> this question is asked. I mean, if if we do a school or a library performance and we talk to the kids, that's one of the everybody mm-hmm. without fail asks that question. They ask about the the vocals. Mm-hmm. The vocals are icing on the cake. I gotcha. Um, but and you need icing on this cake. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't, it's still a good cake, but it's a lot better with the icing. And I've done that. I've, I've people who ask that question when, when we have a practice or whatever. I say, okay, watch us. And we'll do the same song with the vocals and then without, and it's like, oh yeah, we want the vocals yeah. because it just adds to it. Sometimes there's a purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a that, that's the key. That's the, the the point. That's that's where you it's it's I'm blanking. My English mean, is like, escaping. Like me. a change <laughs> of cadence uh, yeah, it, or something. It's, it's an order to change something. It's mm-hmm. it's you know. Other times it's just. Shout when you can. Some members, I mean, it's funny because Alex and I are uh, you and your daughter or maybe another member. It's like, OK, well, you know, everybody's supposed to be shouting yeah. at some point. <laughs> um, but not everybody does because it's it's hard mm-hmm. it's, if if you haven't reached a point where and, and to just be playing, playing a tune and then just ever, periodically shout. It's hard unless mm-hmm. it's part of that rhythm. Don't dun, dun, up. You know, like that is is easier than, uh, up, uh, you know, is just <laughs> if it doesn't fit. So. Once you reach a point where you can just play the rhythm without even thinking about it, then it's easier to shout. So that's some the, members are just, they're, they don't, they haven't quite reached the they're point. Still they, yeah, they're, they're still hard. concentrating. Yeah, they're still concentrating on the
2: drums. And, I can relate and to fun. that when I play bass. It's hard to sing or say anything unless it's part of the beat. Unless yeah. I really, really know the yeah. song, that's when I could speak and talk.
1: But before that, it's hard uh, to say anything. Now, oh. do you make your own drum? I have I have made, I'm right in the middle of one right now. It's, oh, it's really? kind of like on hold because I'm trying to get the handles for it mm-hmm. and everything. But um, I made them out of barrels. They're traditionally not made out of barrels. They're made out of it's, it's a full. You take a tree trunk and you core wow. it out and then head the drum. Um, but because that's that's expensive, yeah. so making them out of barrels, old wine barrels, old whiskey barrels. It's all it's a, it's cheaper. Yeah. In Japan, I made one,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and then I didn't have time to do the heading, heading the drum. Mm-hmm. So I had a drum maker there because I had some other ones, some old drums I got on auctions that I had him just do them all at once. And I'm working on a barrel right now. So I'm do you actually use animal skin that you stretch yes, over? It's all, wow, it's all cowhide.
0: How long does it take, on average, for, um, let's say, a medium drum? All together
1: like- to make it, I, I, I don't know. The second drum that I did wasn't as hard to get the, the barrel together. I still need to give it some more coats of urethane mm-hmm. and get the handles on it. But actually heading it, I've never headed it, but it, it, it can take. Because you have to soak the heads, get them wet stretch them let them dry again then stretch them, wet them and stretch them again and that's mm-hmm. when you really crank it up mm-hmm. and put some real tension on it to really tighten up the drum so it could probably take a, a week or two
0: wow so um yeah. it, a new members of you may will they learn how to make their own drums
1: no we don't do that yet no. i, I I'm, I'm still learning
0: <laughs> oh, okay I got i'm it, the
1: lead I got of the it. group and i'm still learning how to how to do them. but a lot of american groups that have have um come together here in america will, will do their own because it's cheaper Wonderful. It's a lot cheaper.
0: And uh, so. Matt, we want to thank you once again for coming thank in you. on Asia Town Voice. But we are at the end of our hour. So uh, okay. hopefully we'll have you back with us soon.
1: Great. Love to. Had a good and
0: time. And to cook for us. Right, Alex? That's uh, right. I'll <laughs> bring the
1: food next time. Awesome. I'll bring the hunk of beef <laughs> <laughs> raw. Okay. I'll bring the salmon.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. And tune in next week, Sunday at 88.7 uh, FM WJCU from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Have a good night.
2: Bye.